Hey guys, I just wanted to let you know that Comfort and Death and Darkness will be making its return very, very soon. I've been working extremely hard behind the scenes trying to make this podcast um, one, something that I can be proud of while working with some amazing content creators, and two, actually a thing. I want this actually to be a thing that comes out. And I definitely want that to be something that can come to fruition while working with some people that I genuinely consider to be some of my best friends from within the content creation space. It's been a, a long and arduous journey to say the least. Um, there's that pesky thing called life that keeps getting in the way um, for me and everybody else involved in the, uh, in the show. But you know, that's life. However, there is starting to be a light at the end of the tunnel and the journey is getting to the end of the journey towards the beginning. At least I hope it is anyway. Therefore, as a, as a guide out of that tunnel, I thought that I'd I thought that I'd bring you just a little story just to tide you over before the recommencement of season two. I say it small story, it's actually fucking huge. <laughs> For lack of a better term, it is gigantic. And before we get started with the story, I do want to uh, give a shout out to the person that alerted me to the story in the first place. She is a dear, dear colleague of mine who I work with in my actual real life job. So Heyman, thank you for pointing me in the right direction on this one. But this story is, how do I put this? Horrifying? Insane? Terrifying? Recent. That's another one too. It's very, very recent. It happened within the last couple of months. For this story, let's take a tiny, tiny, tiny little trip over to the not so far away land of Hong Kong, where a scene quite literally taken from a horror movie came to brutal and grisly life. This is the still yet to be finished story of Abby Choi. Born in Hong Kong on the 11th of July 1994, Abby Choi was a very well-known and prominent model, influencer, content creator, entrepreneur, and socialite. According to Instagram, she had been sponsored by some very, very well-known brands such as Gucci, Dior, LV, and has actually walked the catwalk for many famous fashion brands on many occasions. Abby had been married twice in her life, firstly to a man named Alex Kwong, with whom she had two children, and secondly to a man known as Chris, aka Prince Lord. It's believed that Abby and Alex had been married for around three years before coming to the realization that their personalities just didn't mesh well together, and so the pair decided to get divorced. Abby would then go on to meet Chris, who is allegedly the founder of Tanzai Yunnan Rice Noodles. I'm not sure how big of a deal that is or isn't, but irregardless, the pair got hitched around December 2016 and had been happily married ever since. Abby would go on to give birth to two more children with Chris. Seemingly, everything was just fine for Abby. Better than fine, she was on top of the world. I mean, heck, her last Instagram post was of herself on the front cover of luxury fashion lifestyle magazine, Le Officiel Monaco. And that's a pretty huge deal in the circles that she was in. The caption on that post read as follows. From Hong Kong to the cover of Le Officiel Monaco, 
my journey as a style icon continues. Grateful for this recognition and the continued support along the way. She most definitely had had somewhat of a meteoric rise in the world of fashion and celebrity culture. However, about a week after the posting of that cover onto social media, the 28-year-old would be reported as missing to the authorities on the 21st of February. On the 24th, just three days later, the police would make a truly harrowing discovery. You see, for reasons that are yet to be revealed, there was a plot in development, and Abby was the central focal point. Remember Alex Kwong, Abby's first husband? Well, the HKPF, the Hong Kong police force, on February 25th, charged him with the gruesome murder of his former wife. But he most definitely did not work alone. Before I continue with this next part, I am probably going to butcher some names, so apologies in advance. His 65-year-old father, Kwong Kao, and his 31-year-old brother, Anthony Kwong, were also charged with Abby's murder. Alex's mother, 63-year-old Jenny Lee Sui Hyun, would also be charged with perverting the course of justice. It's alleged that the woman had been destroying evidence before being arrested. The police found that in early February, the three men rented out an apartment in a lovely village on the coast named Lung Mei Tsuen. The rental was not used for a little trip to unwind, put their feet up, relax, or anything of the sort. Instead, it was turned into something quite literally ripped from the script pages of Dexter. Actually worse, because Dexter at least had some sort of moral compass and reason to kill. The apartment was turned into a splatterproof workshop, primed and readied to murder, dismember and dispose. At a February 25th police press conference, Police Superintendent Alan Chung Unger Lun would say, The flat was arranged meticulously by cold-blooded killers. Tools that are used to dismember human bodies were found in the flat, including meat grinders, chainsaws, long raincoats, gloves and masks. The suspects covered the walls of the flats with a sail and they put on face shields and raincoats so that they would not get bloodstained by dismembering the body. Earlier in the day, the press had taken photos of a 28-year-old suspect that was being loaded into the back of an ambulance with a hood over their head to protect their identity. I think, I mean, the, the hood looks like something Hannibal Lecter would wear. I mean, with a big head video game cheat enabled, because that thing is monstrous. It's literally, think of the Hannibal Lecter mask times 11. It's massive. But regardless, it's to hide this person's identity. However, we can discern from everything that's happened that this person is Alex. The whole thing is such a ginormous deal because this is not unheard of, but it's still very rare in Hong Kong. In 2021, there was a grand total of 23 homicides versus 30 homicides in 2022. 53 in total across two entire years. 
In comparison, the United States has a homicide rate of 7.8 per 100,000, and the United States has over 300 million people living in the country. It's just insane. And I know that's a, that's a really silly comparison because the population size of Hong Kong pales in comparison to that of the US. But if we were to compare it to a country of similar size like El Salvador, that country is perpetually at the top of the homicides list per country every single year. And it just goes to show how few and far between murder actually is in Hong Kong. In essence, Hong Kong is a metropolis. It's regarded as one of the safest places in the world. Obviously, it sent shockwaves across the entire extended region, from Hong Kong into mainland China and Taiwan. Everything seemed fine though, so what on earth could have triggered this horrifying event? Well, the police believe that they may know what triggered it, and when the facts are laid out, it kind of becomes glaringly obvious. You see, to use her full name, Abby Choi Tin Fung, she came from a very wealthy family who ran an ultra-successful construction company with many business ventures in mainland China. Even though Abby and Kuang divorced in 2016, Abby maintained a very close relationship with the Kuangs. I mean, Abby and Alex, they had had two children together, so the familial bond was there forever. For this, Abby obviously wanted to make sure that her children and the people that she would be entrusting with the care of her children at least 50% of the time were going to be taken care of. As such, Abby bought the Kwongs and her children a four-bedroom, 1,820-square-foot luxury apartment in an exclusive part of Hong Kong, the upmarket Kaduri Hill neighborhood. There is reportedly also a second property that was bought by Abby for the Kwongs, this home going to her former brother-in-law, Anthony. And their relationship is actually something of note as well. Anthony was once Abby's personal driver. They also once ran a pancake stall together and posted images of the pair together on social media, often referring to Abby as sis in the caption, which just makes this whole situation even more perplexing. As Mark Twain once said, the lack of money is the root of all evil. Here, that is very much almost the case. Abby had bought that luxury apartment for her former family in July of 2019 for almost an eye-watering 73 million Hong Kong dollars. And that's around 8 million pound in today's mega-inflated world. According to the HKPF, the relationship between Abby and the Kwongs began to make a turn for the worst when Abby decided that she was going to sell the luxury apartment. The house, however, was registered in her former father-in-law's name, Kwong Kao. This was reportedly to avoid having to pay around 8 million Hong Kong dollars in stamp duty charges. And you know, who can blame her for wanting to save a little bit of bug? Despite the plan to sell the home though, Abby is alleged to have already promised to buy a new home for her former family. In reality, this was probably just a great financial business decision to sell this one, make a bit of money, and then buy an equally lovely home for a cheaper price. And this is what I just don't understand about this case. Abby wasn't a heartless person. Abby was genuinely nice and took care of everyone in her life. Her money was, by and large, 
used to help her entire extended family, which isn't something that she had to do, but was something that she wanted to do out of the goodness of her heart. Cow was fearlessly against the sale of this apartment though, which led Abby to consult a lawyer. And this lawyer actually informed her that as long as she could actually prove that it was her that bought the home, not Cow, she could still receive the money from any potential sale of the property. It still remains to be seen whether or not the apartment was ever sold in the end. However, the police consider this to be the catalyst that sparked the creation of the plot against Abby's life in Cow's mind. Because let's be real here, Cow is the mastermind here. Not Alex, not Anthony. However, everyone seems to have gone along with it. And do you want to know what makes this about 20 million times worse? Kwong Kao was a former Hong Kong police force sergeant. He retired in 2005, but in 2001, he was the recipient of a medal in recognition for his long service in the force. And you know what? He probably would have kept going for much longer than he would have beyond 2005, but it's actually alleged that he was forced into handing in his resignation. Why? He was accused of allegedly sexually assaulting a woman. Whether he did that or not is not known, however he did retire early. It's all allegedly's and apparently's though, but considering how his story is ending, it's not outside the realm of possibilities to think that he did sexually assault that woman all those years ago. I mean, we'll, we'll get to what happened to Abby soon. The former sergeant began renting the seaside ground floor flat in Lung Mei Suen at the beginning of February, as well as a second property further into the city. The first property would be the scene of utter horror. The second property would be used as a hideout for Cao's son, Alex. But Cao definitely didn't get a hold of these properties on his own. It's alleged that he contracted the help of a 47-year-old woman that he had been seeing for about six months in order to help him rent out these flats. Said woman has since been arrested for giving him this help, and it's thought that she had full knowledge of the plan and did nothing to try and prevent him from doing what he was doing, instead electing to help in the elaborate plot. She, at this time, is known simply as Ms. Ng. Like, M-S space N-G. That's all, that's literally the entirety of the information we have on who she is. But it's alleged that she had been telling her colleagues that there was a, quote, rich old man who was going to be taking care of her going forward and, as such, basically stopped turning up to work as often as she was supposed to. So, what actually happened? I've, I've referred to this as gruesome and grisly and horrifying, but what actually happened? On February 21st, Anthony, the one who referred to Abby as Sis, remember, on socials, is alleged to have driven to the Kaduri Hill apartment in a seven-seater car and picked Abby up. And it's thought that the pair were going to pick up one of Abby's children. The duo was said to have been driving up to the entrance of the Lion Rock Tunnel when the car that they were driving in suddenly stopped at the side of the road and Alex jumped into the car. 
It's not yet fully known exactly what happened after this, but what is known is that Abby would be reported missing later that same day after she failed to appear to pick up her child, the same child that she and Anthony were on the way to pick up in the first place. She was last seen wearing a white t-shirt, white trousers, white slippers, and was carrying a purple handbag. After Abby was reported missing, the police got right to work, which obviously meant that the Kwongs would be eventually questioned. Said line of questioning raised enough suspicion for the police to look into them further. Cow, Anthony and Alex gave false or misleading statements intentionally to throw the police off their scent. Alan Chung, the police superintendent, was also quoted on this by saying, They created plenty of lies and smokescreens to mislead us. He would also go on to say that a ton of time ended up being wasted because of the false accounts given by the Kwongs. They ended up checking loads of surveillance cameras that simply had nothing on them because of what they said. It wasn't true. It took them three days to analyze everything in regards to the Kwong's lies, and on the 24th of February, they raided the property in Lung Mei Suen. With the Kwongs now in custody, the police were able to meticulously look over everything that had been left behind, and they would be met with a scene of pure, straight horror. It's been reported that the ground floor flat contained hardly anything that would be considered standard furnishings of a regular home. For instance, both of the bedrooms were empty. For what the property resembled, it was more of a horror movie butcher's shop, and that's not hyperbole. The police discovered a meat grinder, an electric saw, two types of choppers, a hammer, face shields, and black raincoats. And they also found something that essentially had them dead to rights. Abby's purple handbag. While combing over the property, they opened the refrigerator. Inside were two pots of soup and two human legs. Now just to uh, sidestep the legs for a little bit, they opened those pots of soup to discover carrots, green radishes, and minced meat. Minced meat that they suspect to be human. Right there, we can see that it looks like their plan was to try and buy themselves enough time to make Abby disappear by cooking her, essentially. Later, after being able to analyze the apparent human soup, the police discovered that the soup contained a skull and several ribs inside. Upon looking at the skull in further detail, it was found that a large hole was in the back of it. The police as of now believe that this could have been what killed Abby and that it had happened inside the seven-seater car that Anthony was driving. Initially, Cow, Anthony and Jenny Lee, Abby's once mother-in-law, were arrested very quickly. But there was no sign of Alex, like at all. To the point where a friend of Abby's, Pao Joy Yi, offered up a reward to anyone with any information that would lead to the arrest of Alex. The reward was two million Hong Kong dollars. Abby's now widow, Chris Tam and his family also offered contributions towards this total, as well as a Taiwanese influencer known simply as Doris, adding her own one million Hong Kong dollars to the reward, making it in excess of three million Hong Kong dollars. 
this is where the woman Cao had been seeing comes into the picture. Miss Ng is alleged to have rented out a luxury flat in the Arch Sky Tower in central Hong Kong. This property was Alex's version of going underground. The police would eventually catch Alex, and they caught him when they caught wind of a plan that had been hatched for his escape, and his escape from the city involved a speedboat. This is starting to sound more and more movie-like by the second. The police would manage to intercept Alex at the Tung Chung Development Pier on Hong Kong's western island of Lantau. When arrested, Alex was found to have half a million Hong Kong dollars in cash, as well as a bunch of high-end watches, which totaled around four million. An additional person would be arrested. They were a yacht rental employee named Lam, who was alleged to have been aiding Alex in his escape. He had allegedly been paid a hundred grand to do so. So if you're keeping score, and if you just cast your mind back to what the police found in the uh, in the apartment of horrors, as we'll call it, it would appear that not all of Abby's body had been discovered. Her legs were accounted for in the fridge, and a small amount of human quote unquote meat was found in the pots of soup, but there was no sign of the rest. Well, it would appear that Cow and Anthony had actually visited a clifftop graveyard named Junk Bay Cemetery on February twenty second. As such, around 100 police force officers flooded the graveyard in the hopes of finding any sign of the rest of Abby's body. Divers would search the waters around the cemetery. Dog handlers would scour the cemetery and the forested areas surrounding it, and abseilers would search the cliff sites. If and when any updates come through on this case, I will try my best to keep you updated on it. Because, well... As of right now, this is it. All of those arrested will be returned to Kowloon City Court on the 8th of May 2023, when everybody linked to this case will be presented. The entire thing is just sick, twisted, and justice needs to be served for Abby, and further arrests have not been ruled out by police. Like, this could go deep. Before we go, I do just want to say that this case actually does bear a small resemblance to a spree of murders that happened in 1982 Hong Kong. Taxi driver Lam Kor Wan would also cover his apartment with plastic sheeting and dismember his victims with an electric saw. He was nicknamed, among other names, the Hong Kong Butcher and managed to murder four people. So it's not like this entire crime is completely unprecedented, but again, there's only like been 50 murders in the special administrative region in the last two years. So this is insanely rare. In the days following Abby's confirmation of death, her Instagram was just bombarded with tributes and condolences. For some reason, her profile was removed from Instagram for a little while. I don't know what it was. All of the embedded posts on websites were still live and you could still view them. But if you clicked through to her actual profile, it was gone. It didn't exist. But they have brought it back, um, which is good. 
and you just click any post and all of the comments are like condolences and um decrying the the actions of the kwongs and you know what this case actually also draws somewhat comparisons to the um 2019 south korean movie parasite at least according to chinese language social media and now that i think about it it's actually quite accurate it's also been reported that the phones belonging to Abby's children and every child that goes to their private school has been restricted as a means to protect them from the horrific details of this case. And a team of therapists have been made available to all of them should any student need any sort of support. And, you know, not to mention the fact that children can be little shits and restricting their phones from reading anything on this case is just gonna stop any sort of foul behavior which is good too but yeah my my condolences just go out to the entire Choi family and her extended family and friends because this is man no one should have to go through anything like this this is just absolutely fucking horrific and that was the horrific and unfinished story of abby Choi. Guys, thank you so much for listening to this little update slash tidy over slash return episode. Um, I'm trying to work my way through every script that I'm writing. I've wrote about 40 scripts at this point. I just need to write a few more. Um, and then I need to get them all recorded and edited and put out. And yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll, we'll hopefully, I'm aiming to get every show out every single Monday. Um, or maybe Sunday, I don't know. I go for Sunday because my work weeks follow sun go from Sunday to Saturday, so I could do Sundays. Anyway, all I want to say is, guys, if you have listened to this, um, if you make it to this point, actually, um, tweet uh, at Comfort and Death with the word bananas, and that way I'll know that you've listened to this episode. <laughs> anyway, thank you so much for listening um i do want to give a major shout out to um a one eo dodds at the independent um their look into this case was just invaluable in building this mini episode um genuinely i'll link the article in the um in the show notes as well as all, every other source that i've used in this um definitely give it a read it's super super in depth i don't know what type of contacts eo has but fucking shout out to you um i also want to give a shout out to bbiography.com thestar.com.my todayonline.com niussp.org and police.gov.hk because they're all um my resources um i do also have written at the end of my uh, show notes here that alex has not always been on the side of the law as you might expect from a criminal that's willing to dismember his former wife um he actually once scammed a bunch of young men uh using gold so you know he's uh, not exactly a squeaky clean individual as it is but um yeah if you want to look that up a little bit more um alex kwong gold scam anyway guys thank you so much for listening and i'm gonna try and get 
as many episodes out as I can very, very soon. I've planned about 22, I think. It might be 21, I'm not sure. Don't quote me on that. Um, But yeah, thank you so much for listening. And don't forget, the The shadows shadows have have the the best best stories. stories.